Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth of God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers that the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to start with a song by our church choir entitled, He's Still on the Throne. Then we're going to go right into the message, and this message is entitled, The Threefold Sufferings of Christ, and we'll take our text from Isaiah chapter number 53. So get your Bibles open, worship with our church choir, and hear the Word of God preached today on the broadcast.
Isaiah chapter 53, we're seeing here obviously, and just as a person, and maybe this is the first time that you've read Isaiah 53, it is very obvious to see that the context of Scripture is dealing with suffering. It is dealing with pain. It is dealing with being wounded, being chastised, being striped, being uh, all the uh, word usages here of sorrow and grief. It, it is not a pretty picture that is being painted here in the eyes of Isaiah. I don't believe Isaiah really understood everything that he was called of God and used of God and inspired of God to write down. I don't believe Isaiah really understood all the aspects of what he was really saying. But now that you and I have been saved and now we're on this side of Calvary, we can look back to Isaiah 53 and we know exactly who and what Isaiah is talking about. We know he's talking about Jesus Christ. We know he's talking about what he endured for us and the sufferings of Christ and the chastisement and the stripes and all of the pain and buffetings and sufferings that Jesus Christ went through. Can I say today that what this world needs to be uh, painted in front of the uh, is not Black Lives Matter and it's not a mural painted on a, a city street of trying to oppress or paint a picture of a certain group of people. But what this world needs painted in front of thee uh, is the Lamb of God Jesus Christ dying on a cross uh, on Calvary's hillside one day amen about 2,000 years ago I want to say today at Calvary is where it all started for you and I it was at Calvary that Jesus Christ died and bled and shed his precious blood uh, so that first Peter could say we're not redeemed with corruptible things uh, such as silver and gold from the vain conversation of our uh, fathers but hallelujah we are redeemed with that precious blood that flowed down Calvary's cross and was shed for mankind. I'm glad today for Jesus Christ. I'm glad he was willing to go. I'm glad he was willing to suffer. I'm glad he was willing to bleed and die in my place so that I don't have to go to a cross, so I don't have to go to hell, so I don't have to shed my blood as an atonement for my sin because the shedding of blood is the only requirement for the remission of sins. But my blood can never save me and your blood can never save you but the precious blood of the crucified sacrificial lamb of God was able to do the job can I say we have a wonderful Savior at this morning. He is wonderful. He is marvelous. He is magnificent. He is amazing. He is wonderful today. And I want to lift him up. And I want to brag on him. And I want to say thank God Jesus died for me. Amen. But I want to look this morning at the threefold sufferings of Jesus Christ. As I begin to study through the Gospels in my daily Bible reading, I just come through the Gospels there and I begin to look and there was three separate areas that I feel that Jesus suffered on. Even in Isaiah 53, I believe there's reference to the threefold sufferings of Christ. The number three in your Bible obviously is a special number. We know the Trinity of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They are uh, all coexistent, co-equal, co-eternal. We understand God is a Trinity. But as I began to study Isaiah 53 even more and began to read through the Gospels and try to put them all together in one layout, I noticed that it seems that Jesus Christ uh, suffered in three different areas. He suffered in three different places that the Word of God is very specific to name those locations. And I want to say today as we read Isaiah 53, He suffered in many aspects, but He suffered everything that He did for you and I. Amen. 
Notice, first of all, and I want you to sound you. You can turn there if you want to, but I want you to take your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 26. If you want to turn your Bible there, you can. But you'll find in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus Christ, and it's recorded in all four Gospels of a garden that Jesus went to. And the name of that garden was called the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was in that garden that Jesus' sufferings, as we know it in Isaiah 53, began to start. It was in that garden that Jesus began to be exceedingly sorrowful, the Bible said. In Matthew chapter 26, in verse number 38, Jesus said himself, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. He told them disciples in Matthew 26, beginning somewhere around verse number 36, he tells them disciples, he said, I want you to watch here while I go yonder and pray. He went about his stones cast away. Jesus began to pray to his father and as he began to pray he said nevertheless not as I will but as thy will be done it was in the garden of Gethsemane that Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 22 records to us that the Bible said in being in agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground as you begin to study that you'll find that that is such an extreme level of stress that is such an extreme level of pain that is such an extreme place that this would happen. It is a very unique thing that even would happen uh, in the body, uh, in a human body. But it was there in the Garden of Gethsemane that he suffered greatly. And it was there in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus Christ was enduring some suffering. You and I as we look at Matthew 26 or even Luke 22 in the other Gospels and we look at the Garden of Gethsemane, it may not look like much suffering, but you've got to understand uh, it was there that I believe what Isaiah chapter 53 says that he offered his soul an offering unto the Lord I believe it was in uh, the garden of Gethsemane that Jesus Christ uh, offered his soul unto the Father you say a preacher why do you say that well Matthew 26 verse 38 the Bible said that my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death Uh, Jesus Christ there then began in verse 39 he ends it by saying nevertheless not as I will but as thou will. You see the soul has a will. The soul has a choice. Every one of us has a choice. We're going to make a decision to accept or reject Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We make that choice and we make up our will. Man does have a free will to accept or reject Jesus Christ and be saved. But it was there in the garden that I believe Jesus offered up his soul as an offering for sin. His, His soul and his will and his choice was fully submission to the Father's will. And that is why he prayed and he said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father if thou be willing remove this cup from me and nevertheless not my will but thy will be done. Can I say today I believe it was there that the soul of Jesus Christ was fully submitted through those sufferings and through the uh, spiritual warfare. He was fully submitted uh, to give himself as a ransom for sin and to endure the complete cup of suffering that Jesus Christ was going to have to suffer and to give his life a ransom for sin. We, you saw a preacher what do you believe is going on in the garden of Gethsemane I believe it is spiritual warfare I believe it is the devil attacking him I believe it is a spiritual battle that was going on in Isaiah 53 but can I say the same battle going on today in the lives of people is a spiritual battle they are between heaven and hell they are between Jesus Christ and the devil they are between the spiritual warfare 
of who they are going to accept. Are they going to reject the Lamb of God or are they going to accept Him? It is a spiritual battle. We're not battling a fight of flesh and blood. We're not called upon to use weapons of this world. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want to say I believe Jesus is enduring a spiritual warfare. I believe Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane is suffering at the hand of Satan is what I want to call it in the Garden of Gethsemane. You say, preacher, why do you believe that? Only two times in the Gospels do you see angels come and minister unto Jesus Christ. Two times. You'll find the first time after the great temptation of the wilderness. The Bible ends and records there that at the end of that great temptation in the wilderness that the angels come and they ministered unto the Lord Jesus Christ. The second time you'll find it is here in that is here in Luke's gospel in Luke 22 and verse 43 in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible said as Jesus prayed that there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, as strengthening him. I believe the only two times that we see uh, the, 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 the angels ministering to him in person and it's recorded is that is because of the spiritual and the attack of Satan that was going on in this time. Can I say this? Satan does not want uh, anything to be done for the Lord Jesus Christ and Satan will attack you and Satan will put spiritual warfare into your life to get you not to submit to the will of God. And can I remind you today that God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance it is God's will that you get saved before you split hell wide open it is God's will that you accept the greatest gift which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior I believe it was in Gethsemane that Jesus suffered at the hand of Satan it was in Gethsemane that Jesus Christ offered his soul as an offering for sin you say, a preacher, you, you really believe that? I, I do, absolutely. He began to talk about, even in Isaiah 53, uh, Matthew's gospel said that his soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. He was there that his soul, I believe, was offered there. If you go back to Isaiah 53, you don't have to turn there, but the Word of God talks about that. The Word of God talks about that suffering there in verse number 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise it. He hath put him to grieve when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Then I want to say there's another place that Jesus suffered at. Take your Bible and go to John 19 with me. Go to John 19 and you can stay there with me for the Lord willing the remainder of the, of the, of the message tonight or this morning. Go to John chapter number 19. You'll find that Jesus Christ from Gethsemane, he was there and he suffered that spiritual warfare. He was there and he prayed three times. He fully submitted his soul to the perfect, pure, precious will of God for his life. And that was to put his face like a flint toward Calvary and obey the will of God and go to an old rugged cross. Judas came with that uh, crowd with swords and staves and they come to the garden of Gethsemane and they took Jesus Christ and they took him like a prisoner and they led him back to the religious crowd and the Bible records that he comes back to that Sanhedrin and they put him before Annas they put him before that uh, father-in-law to the great high priest at the time he was the former high priest his name was Annas or Ananias whatever you want to call him there then we see that he has moved from there to Caiaphas who was the high priest he's stood before these men as he was falsely accused as he was told that this that and the other as they brought in people to lie upon him and say he was a blasphemer and say all kinds of lies about him trying to find a way to crucify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he was then
then led to Herod the king. He was then from Herod led to Pilate, that governor there. And at Pilate's hand, it was there that Pilate being persuaded by the people uh, said, what do I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? And that multitude cried out and said, crucify him. We want him crucified. He said, well, I'll release unto you uh, one prisoner this day. Whom will you have me release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. And they said, give us Barabbas. Give us that man that was called in robbery and insurrection. Give us that man that's nothing but a sinner. They didn't want the Savior. They wanted a sinner. And people are still choosing that today. They don't want the Lamb of God. They don't want Jesus Christ. They'd rather follow religion. They'd rather follow a man. They'd rather follow the Satan himself and wind up in a devil's hell. But I'm going to say it was there that day as he was at Pilate that Pilate commissioned him and said away with him. Pilate washed his hands and said I want nothing to do with this innocent man. But the sad part is Pilate is the one that let him crucify Pilate is the one that let him take Jesus up that long dark road at a Golgotha's hillside that day. But I want to say the Bible tells us in John 19. Look with me please in John chapter 19 and verse 13. As we see this area that he's at. John 19 verse 13 said when Pilate therefore heard that saying he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement but in the Hebrew Gabbatha. Second suffering of Christ that I believe we see is in an area called Gabbatha. And I reference that because I'm referring to all these different people that he stood before. As he stood before Ananias, as he stood before Caiaphas, as he stood before Herod, as he stood before Pilate. It was in this area that he was scourged. It was in this area he was whipped. It was in this area that he was struck with the cap of nine tails. It was in this area of Gabbatha that they plated the crown of thorns on his head. I'm not talking about little briar bushes in the south. I'm talking about thorns that probably could have been up to about three inches long that they molded a crown. It was in this place they placed it on his head. It was in this place they stripped him of his garments and they let his shame and nakedness be exposed as they put that robe on him and as they mocked him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. It was in this place that the soldiers took their fists and they punched our Lord Jesus Christ in the face. It was in this place that they spit in his face and they mocked him and they cursed him. It was in this place that they beat him. It was in this place that literally, no doubt he was at a place of a bloody and a gory mess, but it was in Gabbatha that he suffered at the hand of sinners. It was in this place of Gabbatha that literally the soldiers, literally the people in charge and the government had their way with Jesus Christ. I believe this is the place that Jesus gave his body as an offering for sin. You say, preacher, what do you mean? It was in Gabbatha that Jesus Christ was smote with the fist of the soldiers. He was stripped and made naked and they changed his garments uh, several times as they mocked him and cursed him and beat him with the canine tails. It was at this place that there they took his body as it already was weak. It already was beaten and worn out. It already was at a place of a gory mess. It was in this place that he suffered all those things. As he was put on trial and lied upon and mocked and cursed and all the horrible things we think about. See, those two places, all this suffering happened ever before he went to that cross. Amen. See, all this suffering happened before he ever got to the cross. 
We think about Isaiah 53 and all those things are just going on at one moment. But Jesus' suffering seemed to be about threefold as he went from Gethsemane. And then he went to the trial of Gabbatha there, that area where they, where they mocked him and cursed about him and, and talked about him and beat him and striped him and done all those horrible things. Isaiah 53 says by stripes we are healed. He was not striped on the cross. He was striped before he got to the cross. It was there that uh, he was mocked and cursed and put the crown of thorns on. All these things happened before he ever got to the cross in the hillside that day. We see not only Gethsemane Gabbatha, but lastly I want us to see Golgotha and I'm done this morning. Golgotha. You say preacher Golgotha. What is Golgotha? I know we don't use that term much. Only one gospel calls it Calvary. And Calvary is the Latin term that is used for this place called Golgotha. Golgotha is that Hebrew name and both of these names mean the place of the skull. It was a not a pretty place. It was a place, the place of a skull and many have given their reason why they believe it was named that and that's not important this morning. What is important is the scripture records to us in the Bible in Matthew, or excuse me, John 19, look in verse 16. The Bible said, then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified and they took Jesus and led him away and he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull which in the Hebrew is called Golgotha where they crucified him, two others with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Here's Jesus Christ, and he's taken and he is nailed to a cross of wood. A cross is something that we symbolize. A cross is something that every Bible-believing church uh, looks at. And of course, we know what the cross means. It was there that Jesus Christ was nailed, his hands and his feet to that cross of wood. And he was stood up and it was put in his place. Uh, no doubt as that cross, it impacted the ground as it fell into its place there. Uh, no doubt the sound could be heard across the hillside as he was taken outside of the city and crucified on a cross of wood between two two thieves. That is the reason you see the paintings of three crosses on a hillside that day. It was there Jesus Christ was crucified there. He was lifted up between heaven and earth. He was there hanging between the balances as our mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. It was there that Jesus Christ bled and ultimately died on the cross. He died. Amen. You can see in the end part of, of John 19 and verse 30, the Bible said, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. He ultimately died. Even the soldiers came in verse 34, and when they saw Jesus was dead, they even took that spear and they pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. That's a picture of the church coming out, the bride of Christ coming out of the side of Jesus Christ, just as Eve was taken from the side of Adam. Here you have on Golgotha that Jesus Christ suffered ultimate death for sin. I believe it was at Golgotha that Jesus was suffering at the hand of God, the sovereign. You say, preacher, you really believe that? Absolutely. Because Jesus Christ said himself in Matthew chapter number 27, and you don't have to turn there. I can read it to you if you want to. You're welcome to turn there. But it was in Matthew chapter 27 in verse number 45. The Bible said, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land under the ninth hour. That is from 12 noon to 3 p.m. And about the ninth hour, which is uh, 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 leaning on in that day, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My God, my God, why is thou? forsaken me 
It was there that the sovereign God of heaven turned his back on his own son because God could not look on sin. And Jesus Christ was made sin for you and I who knew no sin. Hallelujah. That we could be made the righteousness of God in him. It was there that Jesus on the cross was suffering at the hands of God the Father. Do you remember back in Gethsemane? He said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. It was God's will and God's plan that Jesus go to that old rugged cross and lay down his life and die in the state of man in order that we could be saved. It was there that Jesus suffered at the hands of God. You remember we just read it a moment ago go but back in Isaiah chapter 53 do you remember what it says in Isaiah 53 the Bible is very clear that he was bruised of the Lord amen yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Verse number 6 of Isaiah 53. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It was the Lord that ultimately allowed this to take place. It was the Lord who allowed him to be beaten. It was the Lord who allowed him to be striped. It was the Lord who allowed him to go to that cross and lay down his own life. He gave up his only begotten son. Amen. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, it was on Golgotha or Calvary as we sing about it that Jesus suffered at the hands of the sovereign. It was there that Jesus Christ cried out. In Luke chapter 23 and verse 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said thus, he gave up the ghost. I believe it was on Golgotha that Jesus Christ offered up his spirit unto the Lord God. Jesus Christ, and we know that mankind's body is made up of body, soul, and spirit. And I believe all three of them suffered in their own way through the locations as we go through the Gospels. I believe Jesus' soul was made up an offering for sin in Gethsemane. I believe his body was offered up as a sacrifice and suffered at the hands of their sinners in Gabbatha. But then I believe it was on Golgotha that he, there he paid the ultimate sacrifice of death on the cross of Calvary and offered up his spirit unto the Lord. See, Calvary was the ultimate suffering. Calvary, the other sufferings led up to Calvary. But it was at Calvary where he ultimately died. And Jesus actually did die. That was the death of the testator. That's what started the New Testament. Must be the death of the testator to have a New Testament or a New Covenant. Jesus Christ ultimately died, but I'm glad that's not the end of the story. I'm glad he died, but he didn't stay dead. I'm glad they put him in Joseph's new tomb, but three days and three nights later, hallelujah, he ascended, he resurrected, he got up, amen, and he's a risen Savior, and he's alive this morning, amen. I'm glad as the songwriter said, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living, whatever men may say, because he lives within my heart. He lives within my soul. He's a alive today. We serve a risen Savior. I'm glad today that he suffered. I'm glad he suffered at the hands of Satan. I'm glad he suffered at the hands of sinners. I'm glad he suffered at the hands of the sovereign God the Father. But I'm glad that's not the end. Hallelujah. I'm glad he suffered. Amen. At the hands of all that. But he's alive today. And he's a risen Savior. And I'm glad I serve him today. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my Master. 
I'm glad he's alive. Hallelujah. I'm glad he's my Savior. And he's my God. And he's my Lord. I'm glad when Mary came to the tomb, they said he's not here. For he has risen as he said. He's already told you. He's gone and he's risen. He's no longer here. But I tell you, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And his blood is on the mercy seat of heaven. And he ever liveth to make intercession for you and I. And I'm glad one of these days, God's going to look at his son and say, go get my children. Go get your bride. And he's coming back. And I'm going to be with him. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. I'm glad he's coming back. Amen. I'm glad for what Jesus done. I'm glad Jesus died for me. I'm glad he suffered every bit of it. He done all that. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. With his stripes we are healed. I'm glad, hallelujah, he was willing to do that for me. The old songwriter said when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I'm glad today that I'm saved. But I want to ask you today, are you saved? You know Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin. All you have to do is admit you're a sinner lost and on your way to hell. Accept the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ, by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.